0: i'm author and athlete brad kearns welcome to the be rad podcast where we explore ways to pursue peak performance with passion throughout life visit bradkearns.com for great resources on healthy eating exercise and lifestyle and here we go with the show
1: those needles are really triggering the body to flush out the inflammatory protein to get new ones in on a regular basis. So it's just really helping with circulation on a super simple level. That's that's what it does. You know, I think the biggest thing is, is try it out. Just try thinking about letting go of your pain. And then also, you know, for a lot of people, thinking about what, why, why am I holding on to this pain? What is it serving? What is, you know, what is the benefit? And if, if you can't come up with anything, that's fine. But thinking about like, okay, can I move it? Can I get it out of my body? And once you know the acupuncture channels and where they're at, you can actually vision like, almost like a light of the pain kind of moving out. I like to think of it much like someone pulling, (laughs) pulling it on a string out of the body and out my feet, but that's kind of how I work when I have certain pain issues. By laying down and putting your legs up, or five minutes, you know, literally laying on the floor, knees up, legs on a chair, whatever you can. It's stopping those messages to your brain that you're under attack, that something's chasing you, that it needs to keep pumping cortisol.
0: I'm so excited to introduce you to Paluva. This is a new please visit paluva.com that's p-e-l-u-v-a and use the code brad podcast and get 10% off your first pair. Paluvas, let your feet be feet. Dr. Janine Krause, glad to connect with you again. Although I see you all the time with your smiling face on Instagram and your, your, uh, brief, very powerful, impactful little, uh, exercises and, uh reminders to live a healthy active lifestyle.
1: Oh well thanks for checking in and and checking up on me. I, I enjoy it. It's it's as we were talking earlier, it's always entertaining to try to come up with something good for Instagram. And I always love seeing your stuff too. Now I'm thinking I got to get into this, this this high jumping business and and figuring out you know something different for for me as I get older. So I think I'm gonna be watching on yours a little bit more. Okay. New challenges for out. you. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh your functional medicine practice has so many different attributes. I think we talked through those on a recent, sh- uh, a previous show where you have the treatment area and then they go right over to the gym to see how things work. I love all that stuff. Uh, but acupuncture is a, a central component. And the exciting news yep. is uh, you and your co-author have released a book called What's Up With Acupuncture? So I think we should, uh, let's hit that subject and Um, see what what is up with this uh new innovative medical treatment. Oh, wait, it's several thousand years old, right? Okay. What's up with acupuncture?
1: Yeah, we're you know, my my co-author, Beth Theodore and I were sitting around and we're like, you know, what are the biggest questions we get when we do acupuncture with folks? And one of them is like, how do I get this treatment to last longer? How do I, you know, get things to extend so I don't have to come to you every single week or multiple times a week? And we're like, well, there's some things you can do. And so we decided to put it to paper versus reminding people every week when they come in. We're like, well, let's just give them a, a workbook-style book, and they can go f- with it from there.
0: So when they get the book, um, they, they're mm-hmm. they're still going to need a practitioner to to get treatment. maybe maybe they're under care when they buy the book, but it's also going to it's going to tell you kind of. How this uh, modality works, because maybe for Westerners it's unfamiliar. We know when we swallow a pill, uh, we're taking an antibiotic or we've got a headache and we're taking something. Uh, but how, how does it um, how does it uh, work on the body, the meridians, all that stuff?
1: Sure, sure. So what we wanted to kind of help folks with is kind of an aside to getting acupuncture. This book definitely is meant to to have alongside of your acupuncture treatments. Now, what does acupuncture do? Oh, yeah, we talk about that. And in particular, you put the needle in, right? And and the body does what it needs to do. And and I'll kind of explain that here in a second. We're not putting energy in. I want to definitely make that clear to folks. I'm not doing anything. All I'm doing is literally putting a needle in and telling your body kind of the information it needs to help balance itself out. Because we have sodium and potassium and chloride within our body, all these ions. And these stainless steel needles actually get all of those little ions moving. That's kind of what chi is. It's just movement, circulation of ions. So when you put the needles in, you're targeting specific channels that these Chinese warriors, as you mentioned, thousands of years ago, figured out, oh, if I put a, a, a needle in my pinky finger here, I can relieve shoulder pain. Or I can work on frozen shoulder. If I put a pink a, a needle in my pinky toe, I can turn a baby. I don't know how the Warriors figured that one out, but maybe they had wives. Um, but there's all these distal points and, and things of that nature that you can do. And, and we do talk about it in the book, how you can press on these points, how even you could work with your acupunctures to get needles mm-hmm. called pack needles, where you could put them on yourself when you were having pain or when you were struggling with certain things. So that's kind of what we get into in the book is really what is happening when the acupuncturist puts needles into you.
0: Um, What are the most common conditions or the conditions where acupuncture is most effective?
1: Oh, man. You know, my favorite, honestly, is anxiety or someone who comes in and is super stressed out. I love needling those kind of folks because you can see the change in the body as they get on the table and you put the needles in. In particular, there's one here between the eyebrows called mm-hmm. yin tong that one in top of the hands. As soon as you put those and the ones between the big toe and the second toe folks think those are kind of like, Oh, weird. But honestly, as soon as those go in person's like, oh, and you can see them kind of sink into the table. But besides anxiety my favorite is stomach pain my favorite right. is kind of ibs stuff also working with back pain shoulder pain any acute pain like if you just hurt yourself acupuncture is awesome because now you can get blood flow moving and you can get the the pain gone in days versus it dragging out like ankle sprains are one of my other favorites to have folks come in for
0: and so for the uh, the the scientifically minded uh skeptic or whatever that's yeah. listening um, we're talking about blocked energy in the body, perhaps in the example of the ankle sprain, because there's been some trauma, some damage. And so the needles are kind of kickstarting your own healing mechanisms. Yeah.
1: I mean, literally, and, and guys who are listening, you know, I've grew up in the middle of the Midwest, like where only hippies did acupuncture and my dad called me a voodoo. Doctor for probably five or six years till he had acupuncture. And then he decided it was pretty cool, but it took a while, right? My family thought it was bizarre. And, and even in my mind, I still was like, this stuff works, but it's, I don't, I don't get it. So when you put the needles into someone, what it's doing is literally bringing blood flow there. And the best explanation I can give folks on this has to do with cars, because I grew up with my dad and working on cars. And if you've ever done a radiator flush, you're literally pushing all the junk out Mm. of the radiator. And so when you injure yourself, like an ankle sprain, your body's going to bring white blood cells, it's going to bring like all kinds of inflammatory, like molecules, because it's like, we need to heal this fast. But what happens, unfortunately, in our bodies is that we all suck at circulation, every single one of us, because of environment toxins, Mm. you know, you name it, stress, and so what happens is those molecules stay there too long and keep the pain going much longer than we need it to. So those needles are really triggering the body to flush out the inflammatory proteins and get new ones in on a regular basis. So it's just really helping with circulation on a super simple level. That's, that's what it does.
0: Oh, So if we all suck at circulation, that's a little frustrating if we're really trying to eat, exercise, manage stress, but you're saying it's a, um, It's a difficult battle because pretty much hectic high stress modern life, even the the most enlightened health enthusiasts are still going to be suboptimal.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. So, you know, I haven't been practicing, you know, decades and decades, but in my 15 plus years, the number one thing, if I, if I boil it down to the simplicity of what's going on in someone's body, it's circulation and it's circulation of nutrients to a cell circulation of, you know, ions to an area or moving out inflammatory proteins, if we look at it. And when I say everybody sucks, it, it's because we might be super mobile, there might be folks who aren't, and that's really why we decline if we're not mobile. But Mm -hmm. those who are mobile, we still have some level of stress. And what stress does to the body is it puts our blood in our arms and legs, but it doesn't put it in the core. So if our gut isn't able to absorb nutrients to get them to the cells, to get the cells to heal, circulation isn't so great. Then we've got the lymphatic side of things, cleaning out the toxins. And this is where environment we can't control what's being poured on us, you know, and in the air and in the dirt and in the water. Um, We can control what we have at home with filtration and whatnot, but we're constantly detoxing. And based on how much we're able to detox, we can improve our circulation slowly, but surely. And this is why I'm really a huge fan of like, herbs to help promote circulation, mm-hmm. eating things that promote nitric oxide boosting. So, you know, the spinach, the celery, the arugula, all that beets, And then the other biggest. sometimes I'll add in lymphatic movement herbs to kind of help folks like cleavers and, and poke root. And gosh, there's so many that I could go on and on, but those would be the things I, I really kind of help folks think about. And, and then acupuncture is kind of like your other booster of circulation for a side, side gig. <laughs>
0: uh so as it relates to anxiety one of your popular um treatment goals how is the circulation affecting one's mental state mental health
1: That's a perfect question I love this question So anxiety often more more than anything is either self-created by self-stress or we've got a gut imbalance going on with serotonin levels in the gut and as I mentioned before if we're stressed out blood's in the arms and legs not in your gut
0: and that's a uh, fight or flight so we can run away or, or, or fight the, the opponent. So it leaves the, the, the vital organs and goes to the extremities uh, inappropriately in the case of everything, except when you do have to run for your life or, or uh, run in a track meet.
1: Yes. Yes. When it, when it matters, you know, it's there for you. It's great. Unfortunately, yeah. it's on too much of mm. the time. That's mm-hmm. the bummer. That mm-hmm. is really bummer. And so anxiety really, if we break it down Chinese wise, which makes, I don't know, it's kind of weird, but I, I like the the concept. Chinese medicine believes that stress and anxiety comes through your liver. And so the liver is how we detox, right? It's how we move our blood. And then we've got heart, right? That's what is going to pump the blood. And the Chinese believe that if the liver is not bringing blood flow in, we're not managing stress properly, we push too much up to our heart. Our heart will cause us to have anxiety. So a lot of times with the acupuncture treatments, I'm working on moving things like grounding things. So moving the heart chi, moving the liver chi and working on grounding someone because the kidneys, which people are like, okay, she's lost her mind now, but guys, hear me, hear me out. I'll, I'll get, I'll get to the point. So the kidneys actually ground you. So these are your batteries. They're what help you create energy. The adrenal glands, if you've heard of those, sit on top of the kidneys. So those guys help. I know Brad knows all about the adrenal glands. And so what happens here is that you want the balance between your heart and your kidney to be balanced and you want your liver to help move blood. So how do you do this? Well, stress management is a a biggie, but also you can do this through acupuncture. And so that helps with anxiety. And then also herbs. There's a ton of Chinese herbs and essential oils that can help with this too.
0: So if you were blabbing about this 30 years ago, we wouldn't be on a podcast because there was no such thing. Um, but right. it would be seen as pretty um, woo-woo, radical voodoo doctor. And yeah. now in recent years, it seems like acupuncture is going more and more mainstream, including the research behind these crazy notions that you say that the kidneys ground us and that the uh, clogged up liver uh, can uh, prompt uh, mental health conditions and, and clogging up the heart. So where do we stand with all that? And uh, as far as like um, research and, and widespread integration into Western medicine?
1: So there's actually quite a decent amount of research based on what is qi. We still haven't exactly identified the total like encompassing point of it. But if you look at certain channels in the body, if you look at a map of the acupuncture channels, they follow very closely to blood flow. And, and your circulation. So folks who are listening, if you, if you're thinking about your circulation through your arm where you can touch your pulse, the radial pulse, that actually is right on either side of, of your lung and large intestine points. And so it's kind of interesting how the channels follow the blood flow. And so what's happened with research is they're looking at different acupuncture points that elicit certain effects within the body. So for example, if we're, if we're wanting to calm anxiety and we're, we're considering someone who's older let's say 35 plus, we're going to have some kidney chi that's depleted because kidney energy is our batters, like I mentioned before. And so there'll always be some kidney points in there. There's always going to be some liver points. And so what will happen in research is they will work on different combinations of points and C versus sham points, meaning they just needle you anywhere oh. randomly. And then they'll, they'll come up with their conclusions. So there's quite a bit of research out there these days compared to like even 10 years ago. There's a lot more and they're doing a lot in the Chinese hospitals. And, and in particular, with, with the, the most recent pandemic and things of that nature, they're also coming out with a ton of research showing how acupuncture can help with recovery of long haulers and things of that nature. So we're starting to see total body systems, acupuncture research that we haven't seen in, in the past other than, you know, diving into what is qi, what does it mean? What is it actually, you know, is it, is it a substance? Is it not?
0: Uh, and I'm assuming the research is quite promising as I see the healthcare providers are now accepting acupuncture as a uh, legitimate thing that they'll reimburse and all those wonderful uh, progressive steps.
1: Yes. Yeah, for sure. Acupuncture is definitely, there's most insurance companies will reimburse for it. I mean, I work out of Washington State for acupuncture mainly, and it's pretty good, you know, reimbursement for us. It's, a, it's, Hey, we need more acupuncturists. I'm going put the shout out mm-hmm. right now. Um, and and it's a really decent reimbursement for for us. Um, what it doesn't cover, of course, is is the coaching kind of things. Like why we decided the book would be a good addition to things. But yeah, it's becoming more and more mainstream. Even in in the last fifteen years that I've been practicing, I've seen a huge shift in in the acceptance and yeah. and the availability of
0: it. So, what would be some of your favorite? areas to replace uh, perhaps a um, ill-conceived traditional medical approach with acupuncture, such as a headache, uh, instead of popping the ibuprofen, which we know has downstream potentially adverse side effects and whatnot, uh, and maybe some other examples.
1: Sure. Well, we can start with headache for sure. A lot of times with folks with headache, it's just figuring out what's causing the headache. So you can poke around. It's my
0: neighbor. He's a really pain in the butt. Oh, no. I mean, uh, okay. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, we could could do darts with acupuncture needles, you know, across the-
0: (laughs) the, (laughs) the
1: Treated with
0: acupuncture. Once again. (laughs)
1: <laughs> remote acupuncture, um, healing. No, what, what you can do, but if it's, if it's your neighbor, we got to go to the liver tea, right? Cause that's the stress factor of what's going on. And so you can even find like a lot of times I have people poke around on their own points. So between the thumb and, and second finger, this is the most common headache point. Most hmm. folks know it, but I'll often have folks poke around in between there and see if you can find a sore spot. And sometimes you can, or you can find a divot that's kind of sore. Just massage that and start there. And then I'll have folks come up to the jaw because when we're stressed, more often than not, we're going to punch down on the jaw. And I like to like go down the muscles and find, you know, where there's a, a spot because right up here is like a main one, but also down here in the meat, you can find some good stuff and behind the jaw. Do this only one side at a time. You do both of these, you might pass out. Don't do that <laughs> one side at a time, but right behind the jaw, there's a good spot here behind the ear. Some of that time, that'll work. We have another one up in the hairline. If you go from the front of your ear up towards kind of like an inch or so into your hair and kind of poke around, you can sometimes find a sore spot there. Oftentimes, your scalp can be quite amazing area. Then the back of your back of your head, always go on that line where your hairline's at. See if you can find a spot where those muscles attach to your skull. Those are great headache points. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're also feeling anxious with the headache, I often will rub the bottom of my foot right in the center of the ball of the foot that sometimes can help too, because it's a very grounding, just chilling kind of point. So those would be like my main headache ones. You're asking for more. Um, should we do stomach pain? Cause sometimes so folks will mm. have like or bloating and, and a little stomach upset. So if you're feeling like you just ate food and you got a food baby, One of my favorite points for food babies actually happens to be on the bottom of my knee. Did you make that
0: up? I've never heard that before. No.
1: Oh my gosh. People come in and tell me they have a food baby and I'm going, you know, okay. okay. And I hear it over and over again. Someone, someone must've come up with that along the way. Some social media influencer. Wasn't me. You can't take can't take credit for it. But there are two really cool points that you can press on if you go to your rib cage, like where your rib cage comes in, like just below your 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 breastbone there, kind of like your sternum where it ends. It's something called the xiphoid process. If you guys are geeky, and if you go out about two inches, just on your rib cage inferior border there, that bottom border of the rib cage, there's a spot called stomach tw- nineteen. Excuse me, stomach nineteen. And it sometimes is sore in there. If you go to the left side, of course, because that's where your stomach's at, you can give yourself a nice little massage there. And then the one I mentioned below the knee, the two of those together and on the left side, because your stomach's on the left side, you can get things moving. If you're still like, eh, I don't really feel things 100% moving. You can even move halfway down your legs. So ankle here, knee here, halfway down. Just a little bit over from your shin bones, a little lateral to your shin bone, outside of your shin bone you'll find a sore spot or a divot there. That's stomach 40. That can help move things too. That one's really good if you had like a really greasy meal and <laughs> you're like, food baby, can't get this out. That'll help move some things along.
0: So this is kind of uh, self-acupuncture or acupressure, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. um, are you going to be teaching some of that stuff in the book where people can uh, support their traditional therapy?
1: Yeah, we actually included a couple of the most popular things. Oddly enough, anxiety headache is in there, um, stress, and then also energy boosting because a lot of people will be sitting around and going, oh, I just can't get energy. So we we did a little tidbit in there. We didn't do a ton. I want to do more. That's probably gonna be our addition to this book because we wanted it to use it as an aside for folks to work with their their practitioners. And sometimes their practitioners can give them another type of, of acupressure session. So I think our next book will be specific things to do. So yeah, it's coming.
0: (laughs) Uh, I want to ask you about my experience with acupuncture, very reliable over the years, but the big, uh, significant insight is when I go in there and get needled, I very quickly fall to an incredibly restful sleep and it's fascinating because i can count on it every time and i wake up and i feel almost drugged but it's just such a wonderful treatment because obviously um, the ability to come down from the basic uh level of stress that we face every day is a good is a good tool to to rebalance and recover Um, but i'm wondering you know if you can like describe why this is so uh, effective on me, particularly if that's my experience or if that's a common experience where people just get incredibly restful.
1: It's it's incredibly common. And in fact, I think most people, to be honest, nobody really loves the idea of needles being put into them unless they're somewhat like me and a little bizarro. Um, but they come in for the nap and love leaving <laughs> stoned. I call it stoned. You walk out and you're just like, I'm on the top of the world. Wow, I, okay. Whatnot. And, and I think a lot of people do come back for that after, you know, after they don't have pain anymore, they'll be like, um, can I just come in as like daily maintenance? I'm like, yeah, or weekly maintenance or monthly maintenance. I'm like, yeah. So what's happening? So the endorphins that are mm-hmm. being released, number one, will hit the body and just kind of flood the body. And so what happens is it puts you into a huge parasympathetic state. And so for a lot of people, Because we don't live in parasympathetic land, we live in sympathetic land. It's like the switch happens and it just shuts us down. And it's beautiful because when we're not interfering with our head and what the body needs to do, that's the deepest healing that can happen because we're not messing with the process. Because we have no idea, a lot of us have no idea how powerful we are to inhibit healing processes and promote them. And mm. that acupuncture reaction you get where you go out deep, that is so profoundly huge. It's it's a good thing that you do that. And then when you feel stoned afterwards, that's the endorphins just kind of still flooding through the system.
0: Uh, the endorphins from the pain of the needles, because it's not that painful. So how are we getting endorphins?
1: Good question. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned it's not that painful, folks.
0: It's not at all event. painful. I mean... Uh, <laughs> unless you uh, psych yourself out before you go to your first appointment, I guess. Same with cold plunging, like, um, you know, people will um, get all worked up before jumping into the water. And then of course, it's going to be cold, uncomfortable, and quite a shock. But it's like, how about you tell yourself, it's not going to be shocking, it's going to be therapeutic. And then you align you that with your experience.
1: Yep, yep. Ba- I mean, back to how powerful our minds are back to, I mean, it's, it's incredible. And so the endorphins, you know, even though it's not painful and, and by the way, folks, if the needles do hurt and, and a lot of people joke, and even in, in, in my school that I went to, they were like, if if you don't feel the chi, you're not doing it right. It's BS. The needles, mm. we, you know, as long as your practitioner knows where to put the needles, it's fine.
0: Hey, I want to tell you about Schwank grills. This is a revolutionary portable gas infrared grill that uses the exact same heating technology as the world's best steakhouses. You heat up to 1500 degrees Fahrenheit to grill the juiciest steak you've ever tasted in as little as three minutes. Can you believe it? That's right. You do not have to go to those crowded, noisy, super overpriced steakhouses anymore when you have the same technology in your backyard. And the Schwank portable infrared grill is not just for steak. You can make chicken wings, hamburgers seafood lobster vegetables i make salmon in three minutes they even have a pizza stone accessory i want you to visit their very informative and mouth-watering website at schwankgrills.com that's s-c-h-w-a-n-k everything you cook faster juicier the speed is so important so convenient Uh, there's a drip tray on the bottom so you let the juices drip down. I love the bison burger, the venison burgers, that's my game. And then you can add a mixture of butter, spices, whatever you want into the tray, pour it back onto your meat or your salmon for a huge improvement in flavor. Are you getting hungry? I am. (laughs) Let's go to schwankgrills.com. S-C-H-W-A-N-K grills.com and up your home cooking game. This is a one of a kind grill. I have a great discount code for you. Of course, it's Brad 150 to save $150 off your purchase of a schwank grill.
1: And everyone does. It's gone through school. You can't get out of it without knowing what the heck you're doing. So point being is that it's when you get those needles in, it's, it sh- you might feel them for a second. And then after that, it's, it's good. You're good to go. But what's happening is anytime a needle's inserted into the body, the body responds to it because it's like, Whoa, what's that must bring, you know, must bring ions must bring different things. But at the same time, it also kicks up endorphins because we have multiple needles going in the body. And I'm often asked like, how many needles do you put in? And I, I have a statement of as many as it takes to get the job done. Now, do I put hundreds of needles in people? No. I'm, I'm a little different than my, my co-author. She's around 10, 12 needles per session. I'm more in the 20, 30. If we're dealing with pain, it's 30-ish, sometimes up to 40, but it's not all at the same time. They'll be in for a sequence, 15 minutes, then I take them out and switch yeah. needles. So if we're doing a session where someone falls deeply asleep, usually that's about 10, 15 needles, 20 needles at the most where you leave them. And then after 15 minutes, we switch them out or 30, depending on the goal of the treatment.
0: Do you like uh, the burning the cigarette butts onto people?
1: You know what? I might be the only person in the world that has like a serious, um, I have an asthma attack every time I use Moxa. I don't know what it is about the Moxa, but when I could tolerate it, I liked using the sticks, but not touching the skin with it. Mm-hmm. I like just r- putting the the sticks close to the points and moving it along the channels. So, folks, this is compressed moxa. It looks like a cigar. Um, they actually call it cigar moxa. And then you light it, and then you you know go over the channels. I don't do like the Steven Seagal movies where you put little pieces of moxa on the needles and light them all on fire that's dangerous. I mean, it, it is mm. tricky. You have to have a major skill and, and I didn't develop that. So I didn't want to play with it. Plus this weird asthma, like reaction they get with Moxa. I'm not sure what's going on there.
0: <laughs> um, I, I found it to be effective too. It's just, uh, you, the, the person has to be skilled to take it off before it really burns the skin, but it, it's like a burning, something's burning on your skin. You can feel that it, it's quite strong and then it goes away before it does any damage. Right.
1: Yes. Yes. I'm wondering if you had the little sticky moxas. Yeah. um, Something like that I've had. yeah. 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 I actually, those I can tolerate a little bit more when I've done those in practice and they're great for arthritis. They're great for like, if someone has been eating like a bunch of ice cream and has just been eating cold raw foods and their stomach just feels just off and having a lot of diarrhea. Amazing for that. Absolutely amazing for that. And I do like those because they don't smoke as much. But the truth is is your person has to be right there paying attention because they do heat up and they heat up fast. But they, they're extremely effective. Extremely effective.
0: Uh, how does our mind get in the way of our healing? And I guess how does it support it as well? You made that comment.
1: Sure. Sure. So getting in the way, what happens is we tend to have our opinions about things, right? And we tend to have our preconceived notions. And a lot of times when we've gone down one particular downward spiral, we won't let it go. Like, oh, this isn't going to work for me. Nothing works for mm. me. You know, kind of like when someone goes into a doc or into, you know, weight loss treatment, you know, things of that nature where they're like, it's never going to work with, for me. Nothing's worked for me. Whatever you say out loud is going to be in your cells, in your body. Your body believes exactly what you say. So what I find with a lot of folks is they go into acupuncture going, ah, it's pocus this stuff's bizarre. It's not going to work. Well, if you believe that, then of course it's not. And the same thing goes with any type of your healing. If you believe that you're not going to get better, or if you're holding on to it because it benefits you in some way, maybe it gives you attention. Mm. Maybe it gives you something to talk about. You know, these are all sad to admit things. I mean, I've been in victim land in my life before, you know, and you get attention. And you're like, ooh, I'm getting attention because my back hurts and my leg hurts. I'm going to keep this going. And we don't intend to. But this is ways these are ways that we can block our healing. But we can also open up our healing if we're like, you know what, I really want to get better. I don't want to live like this I don't anymore. deserve
0: this anymore. I need right. to heal. Yeah,
1: right. There's m- many things you can say. And so the more you say these things, your cells hear them. And it sounds bizarro. But the more I tr- I've tried this in my life and worked with it and had patients work with it, the more we get results. So it works. I, I have no other explanation other than, you know, what folks are talking about with quantum, you know, and, and cellular healing and, and that your cells can hear you. I, I truly believe in it now. I didn't when I first graduated school, I'll be honest, but now.
0: right. It, it yeah. Works. You're, you're, um, you're trained not to delve into the woo-woo stuff when you're getting technically trained, but, um, how has it worked in your life and how do you address it with patience?
1: You know, it's, it's worked in terms of telling folks, Hey, I, I didn't believe in this, but I tried this out. and mm. Let me tell you my story. And then I'll tell stories of other folks who have given me permission to tell their stories too. And, you know, I think the biggest thing is, is try it out. Just try thinking about letting yeah. go of your pain, and then also you know for a lot of people thinking about what why why am I holding on to this pain? what does it serve me? what is you know what is the benefit and if, if you can't come up with anything that's fine, but thinking about like, okay, can I move it? Can I get it out of my body and once you know the acupuncture channels and where they're at, you can actually vision at like almost like a light of the pain kind of moving out. I like to think of it much like someone pulling, <laughs> pulling it on a string out of the body and out my feet. But that's kind of how I work when I have certain pain issues and, you know, gosh knows we all have our aches and pains as we get older.
0: Um, and then where does that, Where when do you hit that line where you're like, oh crap, this broken finger is not getting any better. It's still swollen. You know, like how do you blend, the sure. belief systems and even the, um, uh, the the Eastern treatments or whatever you want to call them. With Okay, you're you're kind of host. And um, part of this question is me going to physical therapy uh, over the past several months and getting great exercises and drills for my injured heel. And then finally, in the last time, the guy goes, dude, you need an x-ray, you got a gnarly bone spur something going on in there. And so now I've like crossed that line myself where I believe I can heal, I can get my foot stronger, um, I can stretch and do all the mobility every single day, I'm going to be the most devoted, you know, subject on the land. And now it's like, this thing really sucks and now I need to go um, you know, look for uh knives and lasers.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's a great that's a great point there. And and typically I'm I'm one of those folks that's super impatient with with patients and and myself, you know, nice. I'm looking for right, yeah. Yeah. I'm looking for trigger points. Honk that down.
0: horn. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, no, I if I'm not getting things changed within four to six weeks, we're not messing around after that you know, acupuncture should work by literally acupuncture should work with results the first time you do it. It should. Now that also is, there's a lot that has to be said with someone's belief system, things of that nature. If you believe it's going to work. Sure. If you, if you're absolutely like, Oh my God, my wife made me go. This, this crap isn't going to work. Well, of course it's not going to, but you should get some change like 10%, 20%, even 25%. Now by the time you do the second, third treatment, you're going to know is this going to work for you or not. And usually for people I'm I'm cutting people loose after about four sessions. And I'll do two sessions a week when something is acute and new to me just to see like can I get some traction here. And so after those two weeks if we have no improvement or like minimal improvement, I'm like, "All right, we got to try something else." Injections, I'll move on to to higher level things that I I can offer. PRP, you know, mm. Or or even BPC one fifty seven, which is a peptide which I'll use often for for folks too. But if those aren't doing the trick and now we are now we're four to six weeks in, I'm like, that's it. We're getting imaging, we're doing this, we're doing that. All the while we're working on the emotional side of things, trying to figure, you know, is there something like that? Because I feel like it's worth it to explore it and not let it go. Just like think about it. Is there something that you're holding on to? Is there some you know, is there something in that? So yeah.
0: So in the course of your appointment, you will be uh, actually um, processing the patient in, in that way, in, in addition to doing hands-on um, treatments.
1: Yeah, That's yeah. That's pretty wild. Yeah, I I tend to do, folks joke with me about it all the time and, and the insurance, it doesn't work well for insurance because I can't go- <laughs> a doctor What did you do me for me. an
0: hour? Well, 47 <laughs> minutes, we were talking about the neighbor that keeps annoying a patient, and then uh, we put some needles in and then there was an X, yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's, it's exactly like that. But I, you know, yeah, I, I typically in a session will do all those things because, you know, it, it takes a lot of time out of your day to come into an appointment. You might as well get it all done in one session versus having to like do the evaluation, then come back and do the treatment mm. and then do this, do it all at once. And I like that. I like it that way. That's why when I am back into coma, I will take in the new folks, mm. we get them dialed in that way, and then they're off to my assistant who, who is basically my, she used to be my assistant. I shouldn't even say that anymore. She's an acupuncturist now. So she takes over from there while I'm not in town with the protocols.
0: Uh, but you can uh, care for patients remotely because that's heavily weighted on just the the relationship interaction and and trying to pull out insights and so forth.
1: Yep, yep. Yeah. So the combination of things is my patients will be getting their acupuncture from a gal named Melinda who's, who's my, my go-to gal. And then with me, we're talking the, the health side of things, you know, where are we are on in progress? What's happening? What else can we do? We need to change diet. Do we need to work with supplements? Do we need, you know, to work on some mental, emotional, spiritual stuff where, where are we at?
0: So nothing's off the table with Dr. Janine.
1: Nope. Nope. We go into all different realms these days.
0: Yeah. And your, your supplement protocol was really helpful for my son who was struggling after his bout with uh, medication. And, um, this is the kind of thing I think probably not a lot of people are familiar with and how effective it can be to look beyond the, um, the options with, uh, mainstream medicine. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I think unfortunately there's this idea of us versus them when it comes to alternative, you know, compared to conventional medicine, but really, the two of them work lovely together. And I I want those. I mean, if, if it gets bad enough, yeah, we better figure out like do we need lasers for that, you know, bone spur, or do we need antibiotics for the gut? Do we need, you know, different things, sinus infections, whatever. But it works lovely to clean up from, you know, what might happen when someone takes an antibiotic or what might happen, you know, after surgery, you can speed up your healing process. That's the cool way to blend these things together acupuncture is awesome for speeding up mm, from
0: right pressure. right um and then and believing believing the surgery will be successful believing the acupuncture will speed the healing all these things you're just you're just rocking on all cylinders
1: yep yep gotta gotta work with all of it all of it because we're not just you know waist down there's a lot up here that has to do with our total health
0: um So you were talking about how the needles put you reliably into that parasympathetic state. Mm -hmm. Um, I've also become a huge fan of your positional parasympathetic breathing. I talk about it all the time. It's in the Primal Fitness Coach coursework, Dr. Jadine's positional parasympathetic breathing. But um, describe that protocol and how athletes or fitness enthusiasts can use it to kind of... um, come down off the workout, uh, optimally and, and kickstart the recovery process, I guess is what we're doing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, any, you don't even have to be an athlete, but anyone who's gets a stress, you know, like a stressful moment, or you end up, you know, post-workout, mm. you've got cortisol pumping. If you don't shut that pump off, you don't initiate that recovery because we want that cortisol down to a level where it's minimal the body knows that the stressful event is over. You're giving it that message that we're good. We're in the cave. We made it to safety. We're good. And we don't need to, to do this anymore. And so by laying down and putting your legs up four or five minutes, you know, literally laying on the floor, knees up, legs on a chair, whatever you can, it's stopping those messages to your brain that you're under attack, that something's chasing you, that it needs to keep pumping cortisol. And the reason we have to do this, it seems silly, but the reason we have to do this is most of us go right from a workout Or right from a training session into life. And we Mm. may be hit with, you know, traffic on the way out of there and, you know, get grumpy about that or phone call from a significant other or a child, you know, that just sets you off. Anything is possible. So being able to give your body that switch. And that's what positional parasympathetic breathing is all about. Just that switch out of sympathetic land and into parasympathetic. It's incredible. And I probably do it like four or five times a day, depending on what happens
0: in my world. Oh, my gosh, I was just going to mention how I take these uh, brief breaks nowadays. Um, I could be attributing it to age, but maybe I'm getting smarter. But it has such tremendous value to step away for five to ten minutes. And sometimes it will be for activity, right? So I'm doing a micro workout and I go outside and I get some fresh air and I exert my body after typing on the computer. But sometimes I'll just need some downtime from everything. And I've noticed when I'm uh, uh, cheating the process by like holding my phone and looking through uh, the, the, the Instagram feed, instead of just sitting there and staring off into space, it's not nearly as effective. So I, I think it's really opened a gateway for me to realize that um, a few minutes of downtime here and there can help get you through your day with much more uh, productivity and a, a better mood and uh, stress management overall, I think.
1: Absolutely. Uh, I mean, hands down. And, and and another fun tidbit that we've discovered, and I don't know if I told you in the last time we chatted, but a friend of mine was like, did you know, if you put your thumbs in your ear, while you're you're doing that, your heart rate will go down quite a bit. So we started playing with that, because this is point zero, by the way, folks, acupuncture point middle of your ear, kind of where that like curve comes across in the center. And if you press in and backwards, and you do moose ears with it, you have to do the moose ears just because it makes you laugh. Um. And you lay there like this. You can bring your heart rate down even faster. So if you something really gets your heart rate up, I've been playing with it to for intervals to try to see if I can bring my heart wow. rate down a lot faster in between. But it's it's a good thing with the positional parasympathetic breathing. It's fun.
0: Wild times. Okay. Yeah. So, what's up with acupuncture? We can find this on Amazon and so forth. And um, tell us also about the online courses that you offer on your website?
1: Yeah. So I do offer courses based on gut healing. So fixing up the gut, I also have rest and recovery. So I have there it's free. My, my rest and recovery course is reset and recovery fully is, is a free course. And then I also have managed stress naturally also a free course where you can see more of the positional parasympathetic breathing. Mm. And then coming soon, I will have a a hormones balancing course, to help folks who are getting over 35, 40 starting to notice those hormones getting a little wonky. I've got some stuff for you there. And I'm working with HRV and positional parasympathetic breathing in there and some other heart rate variability stuff. Um, in addition, to, I already said that heart rate stuff too. So that's over at drjkrausnd.com where I've got all those.
0: Um, so with gut health, we're starting to hear more and more about it. Um, people are touting it as like the holy grail of emerging medicine and then uh other times you hear where the research is really in its infancy and we don't know what we're doing and some of the testing could be uh shooting in the dark with this super complex uh issue of learning about how the gut microbiome affects all aspects of health uh like where do you stand these days with it and what kind of um practical experience and research are you relying on, and what's still in its infancy that's uh, you know um, that, that's a challenge to try to rely on?
1: Sure. I think what's in its infancy is really knowing how to manipulate the microbiome, how to get certain gut bugs to grow, and how to weed out others. I've been down the spectrum of using antibiotics. I've been down the spectrum of cycling through herbs and things of that nature. And at the end of the day, what i found, probably 90, 80, 90 percent of the time, folks don't get better. But what ha- helps is going back to the really dumb, that we would think dumb down basics, where it's to your food, have a good ambience while you're eating, mm. don't buzzle water, you know, super simple things, taking the stress out of when you eat, don't eat on the run, those kind of things. It seems to do a lot better than working on these complicated protocols and also working gut lining health. I found, you know, nine times out of 10, Working just the straight gut lining, whether we're working on collagen, whether we're using BPC 157, like I mentioned before, for tendons and ligaments, that seems to do the trick when you go back to basics and just really work on the fundamental process of healing the gut. Because I think what's happening and what's inter- inter- intervening and we're not doing enough research on is how badly stress really will negate most of the the good things you're doing for the gut. Uh,
0: don't guzzle water around mealtimes don't ever guzzle water where do we what do we do with our hydration to get it right
1: you can guzzle water just not while you're trying to eat
0: mm. um
1: and here's the thing because what'll happen is if you have too much liquid it's going to dilute all your enzymes and then you're going to struggle and most of us over 40 already have decreased enzymes just because of age and the pancreas not putting out what we mm. could and the stomach not putting out what it could on a younger body so guzzling it's more like sipping look at the look at the japanese and chinese restaurants they give you tiny little cups to sip tea mm. versus mm-hmm. the big mugs that us americans are used mm-hmm. to it's okay. it's their concept and that's kind of where i got that
0: good tip okay we'll we'll save that for uh, after workouts or whatever before it, it, not around meals
1: right right
0: okay people go follow dr janine on instagram she's got her great short videos won't take much of your time and then the website with all those free resources fantastic and now we can pick up the book what's up with acupuncture
1: you got it you got it oh Brad, thanks for having me on again i really appreciate it it's always Great fun stuff
0: you. thank you very much thanks everybody i'm so excited to introduce you to peluva this is a new please visit paluva.com, that's P-E-L-U-V-A, and use the code BRADPODCAST and get 10% off your first pair. Paluvas, let your feet be feet. Thank you for listening to the show. I love sharing the experience with you and greatly appreciate your support. Please email podcast at bradventures.com with feedback, suggestions, and questions for the Q&A shows. Subscribe to our email list at bradkearns.com for a weekly blast about the published episodes and a wonderful bi-monthly newsletter edition with informative articles and practical tips for all aspects of healthy living. You can also download several awesome free eBooks when you subscribe to the email list. And if you could go to the trouble to leave a five or five-star review with Apple Podcasts or wherever else you listen to the shows, that would be super incredibly awesome. It helps raise the profile of the BRAD Rad podcast and attract new listeners. And did you know that you can share a show with a friend or loved one by just hitting a few buttons in your player and firing off a text message? My awesome podcast player called Overcast allows you to actually record a soundbite excerpt from the episode you're listening to and fire it off with a quick text message. Thank you so much for spreading the word. And remember, Be Rad.